Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So, let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lorianne Rising. We live in an age of where it's common for families to be separated from each other, right? Whether it's because of a move across the country, a divorce, or even social distancing now, it seems to get harder and harder these days to be present with our kids in our lives and to be able to do something as simple as, as just reading a bedtime story. Today's guest has invented a unique solution to exactly that problem. We're excited to welcome Mike Coles to our Rise and Shine family. He's a lawyer, a children's author, um, like, like some of us I know, award-winning screenwriter, and a tech entrepreneur. So you might be wondering, what's the connection here? Well, the connection between all these roles is the importance of telling a compelling story. Mike strives to use stories to convey meaning, build conversations and connections, and challenge assumptions. Today, Mike promotes stories through Choose Your Reader, a mobile app he created that allows adults to share recorded stories with the kids in their lives. Born from his desire to use stories to connect with his son during a divorce, Mike has grown Choose Your Reader from five books that he wrote to a library of over a hundred books in five languages. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's a great idea. Oh man, congratulations. Yeah. I mean, that's really a big part of what I've been trying to do is, is bring families together and, uh, and this is such a perfect example of it. Yeah, it was a, a totally um, sort of unexpected moment of inspiration, honestly. Uh, and it just came together and something I thought, gosh, I can't believe no one's done this. And if, if it can be done, I ought to do it. And so oh, wow. here we go. How so long I, did it take between the idea and, and I'm sorry, I'll just, you know. Don't. Yeah, no, I, I was going to ask the same thing. Like that is quite an you know? undertaking. <laughs> what did that take? Yeah, so the very beginning of it was just the classic parent telling bedtime stories to a child. And so I was just making up stories, and that was back in 2014. And then as we got through the experience of telling stories, and he wanted to actually hear them again and again, and then, of course, separated physically because of the divorce, I was thinking about apps that might exist, and that was probably 2016. And I remember uh, where I was, I was actually in a hotel room uh, in Toronto in, I think it was September of 2016, where I actually said, you know, I ought to do this. And that's when I started to actually just build out the, the story of how the app would work, right? Telling it from the standpoint of me as the dad and then trying to tell the story of my son and his use of the app. And that's how I came up with the idea uh, was back in September of 2016. I, I committed to giving it a shot at the beginning of 2017. 
that effort took about a year before I realized I didn't quite have the right team in place to get it done. So I had to get a new team in the middle of 2018. Oh, yeah. But that took six months from go to live app. Uh, and so January of 2019 is when we actually launched the first version, the beta version, if you will, of the app. Wow. Okay. That, that's a significant statement to just having the right team in place, actually, as well. Yeah, exactly. That's this is what I'm seeing now. Okay, so for one, I, I commend you for knowing that you couldn't do it yourself, and which has been my big obstacle. Um, but then to know <laughs> that the team you're working with, to shift that out, obviously huge difference. How do you go about finding the right team? Maybe we, I, need to, I need to know this personally. Yeah, so the, the easy answer is you obviously, if you don't know the person from some other relationship, you can always use referrals, right? And mm -hmm. so that's the, the easy story to tell. But the back end of that is a referral isn't necessarily a useful referral unless you have a candid conversation with the person making the referral about what it is that you're lacking and then have a candid conversation with the person that you're actually going to bring on as this team about what your expectations are and what their experience would be meeting those kinds of expectations. Because there's a, a web component to this, and, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds and the technology. Sure, sure. But there's a back-end piece to this that the user doesn't really ex doesn't ever see, but it sure better work. And then there's the front-end experience that the user sees, which is really their primary association with your product. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be clear that I, I need either both sides of that coin or just one because I'm comfortable with the other. In my case, I had no tech background at all, so I needed both. And I had to be sure that the person could design something that looked appealing as well as code the back end that was functional. Wow. Okay. That's, that's just... That's impressive. That's really <laughs> impressive. This time, this age that we're in, where things like this can actually be just come out of your mind and in six months be created that, that combines time and space and reaches across distances is just, it's, it's never endingly mind boggling for me. And, and so it's so awesome to be able to actually have the in-depth conversation behind the scenes about, so I, I'm one of the ones that's like, even though I wouldn't have a clue about how to do it, just knowing that it can be done is, is phenomenal. And I, I'm, uh, I, I so appreciate it. And my, of course, my next thought and question, I'll just, if I can go one step further, is this something that an average person could afford to do to hire these kinds of people? I mean, is this, is this the price point in terms of getting an app made? I, I'm sure the range is all over the place. That, that's true, right? Uh, and I've, since I've actually been able to launch an app successfully, I've worked with, in my law practice, I've worked with clients that have a desire to have an app as well. And <clears throat> what I can say is your price point is not really that broad of a range. What's a broad range is your willingness to call what they call an MVP, a minimal, minimum viable product. So if you stay to a true MVP, you can really keep your price point reasonable. 
but where you make your MVP robust and it has to have all the bells and whistles uh, you are piling on. And frankly, you may be piling on uh, the bells and whistles that the market isn't really interested in. Right. And so uh, that's the challenge is get your MVP tight, focused and specific and your price point isn't going to be dramatically different across apps, generally speaking. Very wow. Cool. So, so if that's the case, do you, is there a, a, a ballpark number that a person that hasn't even considered making an app, uh, what, five grand, 10 grand-ish, 20? Is it, is it more of a... Yeah, if you're smart about it, and, and frankly, uh, you're, you're going to need, if you're staying in that ballpark of a price range, you're going to need to offshore your development. Mm-hmm. So assuming you're offshoring your development, assuming you're smart and tactical in the way that you structure the app, and your MVP, you can mm-hmm. easily get something done for $10,000. Okay, interesting. Nice. Well, very well, cool. I'm, this is good to know. <laughs> I, I'm really curious about Thank your you. specific app, though. I think, <laughs> I, I really do. I, me, I'm, too, me too, me <laughs> too. You've gotten I mean, into the weeds there. Kids but book I, author here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. You joining me there, Mike. Okay. <laughs> So I'm, so I'm really curious. So now, I mean, you, you love reading with your son. You love, you know, it sounds like that's where this was born was that relationship with your son, reading bedtime stories, spending that time with him. And so I'm, you know, is that something that, you know, you did a lot as a kid, your parents did with you as well. I mean, what, what stuck with you uh, when you were a kid in, in reading and, and story time? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, Most kids don't really keep, as they get into adulthood, a whole lot of the day-to-day memories of childhood. And so, you know, I have some remnants of what was going on at a very young age. But what I do recall is a very full bookshelf, right? And, And I remember having in my bedroom a bookshelf that was mine. And I remember being, you know, we didn't have a bunch of money growing up. Uh, My mom was working her way through grad school. And I remember her having all of these textbooks. And so she had a very full bookshelf. And so uh, what, at least in terms of my memories of reading growing up, they're not really of the sit down and read variety, which I think it's a shame that I don't have those. And I'd love that this app could create those and also in an enduring way, because you're going to keep these recordings perhaps for years Mm -hmm. so that later on in life, you can play mom's recording of Jack and the Beanstalk from 15 years ago. Um, But my memories of reading were things like, uh, I I was a big comic book guy. So uh, very much into those. And then uh, the the Jack London, all that kind of, uh, of content was great for me. And so I really enjoyed that stuff as well. So things about animals um, and things that were interesting just to a a little boy. So sports uh, was also something I was very much interested in. And so, yeah, I do have vivid memories of the books themselves, uh, but not the experience of having being read to. And Mm. so I hope that I could change that for other, other generations behind me. 
I love so that this is, great. you've sort of built in a family legacy into this. It yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. and, and I imagine Mark is, is really just loving it too, because it's part of what his children's book has built in is the ability to record, you know, it's written form, but it's recording memories together. And the importance mm-hmm. of finding that later, especially once those people have passed on or something else has happened, that becomes more and more meaningful over time. And so that you've built this into an app that can connect people across, you know, across the city, across the nation, or even around the world so easily is just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, and I it, love that. And, but like you're mentioning, it's also across time. I think that's the big mm-hmm. thing for me that, that with the Sunbeam, uh, it's it's about having their words and their their message to the child right there. But now you're adding their voice, their actual voice that they get to listen to the stories in mom's voice 15 years later, like you said. I mean, this is just, it, it's, I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, what, what, the, the, I was just listening to a story recently about, uh, you know, when Henry Ford invented or came up with the Model A, people were not looking for cars. You know, they didn't know that that was what they wanted. But when he came up with it, <laughs> it was like, they, 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 we had to learn that this is exactly what we most need. And I think this is exactly what you've come up with here. So, yeah, it's exciting. It is. It is. So how has your son has your I assume you've shared it with your son and and what has been his experience? What has he talked about with you and and how that's working with the, with your own family? Yeah, so he he's definitely used it and I've had him had stories and even taking a road trip so that he's in the back seat with the device and he's playing a story that I've already recorded and I'm driving. Um, so we've done that. Um, at one time, what I actually did was I had the story playing through the Bluetooth in the car. So the voice was really immersive for him, right? Because it's coming through the car stereo speakers. Um, and so then he's actually going through the pages and, and hearing the story. So that was kind of fun. Hearing me, which, you know, the, the idea of hearing your own voice is always a really tricky prospect. Mm-hmm. But it was fun because I, could, I knew exactly where he was in the story. And so I could more or less participate without actually having to be distracted from the road. I could still treat it more like it was music in the car, uh, but still connecting with him in the back. Oh, so that is so cool. How long yeah. have you had it available now to get used to this and, and to integrate it into your lives? Have you, I, my, my question is, have you seen a greater interest, for instance, in reading from him? Or have you noticed, I don't, I don't know, I should ask one question at a time, perhaps. Let's, <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> no, my, my legal background, I can keep all the questions coming at me and I'll, I'll cipher this. Uh, but no, so he, he is a really significant reader. Uh, he will take a book and it's just devoured. Uh, and I love that fact. He really, he does well with the phonics because one of the things that happens in the app is because you can't be there necessarily, 
the app has the words highlighted as you go. So the word sort of activated word by word. And so, yeah, that experience. Yeah, it's been great. It's been really good. Now, does this, is there a reader video component to it as well? So there's no video. I, I thought about that. And one of my things in development was mm-hmm. not just the MVP that we talked about earlier, but also staying on, on message and on mission. Mm-hmm. The key thing for me in this experience is the relationship, but it's also the educational part. And mm-hmm. kids are easily distracted by video. Good, good. Yep. If you put Absolutely. that video in, yep. yeah, yep. that's that phonics connection that we've built with the interface, it really starts to have less meaning and value. Thank you. You got this down, man. This is so perfect. Every, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very impressed. Um, so I, I can't wait to use this thing. Um, so the, how do the books, how do you get the books? You started with five books of your own. You're saying yep. in, in the library that you have added that, that now. So what is an, an experience of a, a user? They want to want to get into it. I mean, so the only books though for now that can be read and shared with a child are the hundred books that are on the app. That's right. So for, again, my lawyer hat pops on and I say for, for copyright and licensing purposes, we can only put books on there where we have some kind of legal permission or if the books are in the public domain. And so we have, for example, uh, Aesop's Fables. We have a half a dozen books of Aesop's Fables, really short, simple, animal-driven, usually stories with a good message at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, grim fairy tales that are on there. We have Mother Goose because those are all public domain. But then we have content from if you remember as a kid, Highlights Magazine. And Mm -hmm. so we did a licensing deal with Highlights, and so we have their content on the app. Uh, We have content from authors who are published authors who we essentially, again, license their content. It goes on the app, and so it's available there. So we are constantly growing the, the library through acquisitions, and also I still love to write. So Uh, Black History Month in February of this year, I decided I wanted to do, I have a degree in history, so I wanted to do a book that would really connect with Black History Month. And so I wrote a four volume set of historical figures that were essentially what I called American heroes, people who did great things. And that way I could take that love of writing, history, the app and put it all together. And so that was something fun that we came out with. Wow. Oh man, that is brilliant. I love that you're pulling all of that together. And if it's on the app, then it's shared with anyone and everyone who, of course, downloads the app on whatever device. So it, I'm assuming it's, it's available on pretty much all devices, Android and iPhone and, and all of those. Is that accurate? Yeah, so any Apple or Android device, iPad, iPhone, uh, tablets, all of that. Yep, it's available. And and if you have two of those devices and you log in, the the content appears on both. You don't have to share the the, the content between your devices. It's just there. 
Okay, so it's based on your actual login, not the device, which is, that makes it so much easier for users. Oh my goodness. So you've actually really put the users in the center of the creation of this. That is, that's awesome. Well, we, we have definitely more questions because I want to get further into how the library itself is built and of course how it works and the benefit that it's making. Um, but we do need to take a short break. So uh, I just want to take a quick opportunity before we do that to let our audience know that if you or someone you know is an author or a musician, we have services available to help support you getting the word out to our worldwide audience. So just uh, visit our website, riseandshineasone.com and take a look there for those services and feel free to reach out to us. It's, it's actually just what Mike here did was reach out to us and here he is on the show and, and you're getting to listen to him. So you're welcome to do that as well. It's riseandshineasone.com. On a different note, do you know what a roly-poly is? Having grown up in the Pacific Northwest, we call them potato bugs where I'm from, but I know part of the country calls them roly-polies as well. It's the little bugs, little gray bugs that roll up when you touch them. They're kind of adorable, actually, in my opinion. But I'm bringing it up because coming up after the break, we're going to hear a wonderful song from Pete Cronowit about roly-polies. Now, this song came about when he was sitting on a park bench near his house in San Francisco where he plays music, and that's where the song was born. He says, I don't think we really internalize our own vulnerability. There is something endearing, universal, about the simple act of curling up to protect yourself. That fetal position is something we all have in common, but the truth is we don't actually protect ourselves when we roll up in a little ball. Pete has traveled to Hot Springs, North Carolina to finish Roly Poly with co-writers Chris Harbach and Mimi Hearn at the Mercyland Songwriter Retreat. And it's a wonderful, adorable little song about climate and its impact on all of us. So stay tuned after the break for Roly Poly. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids' book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at TrueSunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurieannrising.com. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. shine that was a song called roly-poly by pete Cronowit. now pete founded the face the music collective which is a guide for creative activists utilizing performances to inspire targeted individual action one event at a time with five albums to his credit pete combines performing and activism and his new album which includes roly-poly is called Do Something Now, and it was released in September of 2020. You can hear Pete's music on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon, and just about everywhere else you can find music. And to purchase that song or enjoy the rest of his album, you can visit Pete Cronowit at Bandcamp. That's Pete, P-E-T-E, K-R-O-N-O-W-I-T-T dot Bandcamp dot com. We are here today talking with Mike Cole, the creator of an app that is revolutionizing story time for kids and families. And we were just talking about how an artist or author might incorporate their work, perhaps. Uh, you know, maybe you ran across a guy that's 
come, you know, has a story they'd love to. <laughs> oh, you mean like a radio show host with with but, a children's book? Is that what well, you're hinting it's crossed, at, Mark? It's Is crossed that... my mind, you know. There's like, uh, but not just that. But I mean, if if so, somebody has a a story that they want to share with their child across the country that they love that is not on your library, for instance. Yeah. Uh, okay. While I'm stacking the questions for, for <laughs> our attorney here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's actually fairly straightforward to, to get content on the app. Uh, the key thing being that any content that's on the app is available to everyone. So it wouldn't be if you had a story about, you know, your child and you wanted only for your child to be able to get that story. No, once it's on the platform, it's available to everyone. Uh, and to do that, we have a submission process. If you go to our website and you click on, there's a link, you can submit any content that you'd like to be considered, whether it's illustrated or not, because we have a team of illustrators that would work with you you basically get to look through the books that we currently have and say, I like the illustrator for this book. And if that person is available, they will actually then illustrate your book for you. And oh, so, you wow. know, the cool thing is, if you, you, know, you know about publishing, when you have a finished manuscript and you want to get that finished manuscript on a bookshelf, that's usually 18 to 36 months, depending on the, the difficulty in getting that book produced. We've gotten that process down to 45 days. Wow. Oh, that that's... is impressive, especially with all the illustrations that are involved in children's books. That is a miraculous time frame, quite frankly. I'm, I'm very impressed. And I didn't, I've worked with Mark on his. We've been rounds through the publishing industry, left, right, backwards, and forwards for years. So... I'm not I, even going to mention my 30 years here. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, I was being nice and not bringing that up. No, no, um, I'm, I'm not even going to bring it up. No, <laughs> no, not a word. Wow. Uh, I mean, okay, so one of the things I, I think about five questions just came to mind when you, when you were uh, describing that. One of the things, though, I just for point of clarification, because if I think I know the answer, but if I'm wondering just for clarification purposes, somebody else out there might also. Uh, you mentioned when things are uploaded to the app that they're available for everybody. And I'm assuming you're referring to just the core story, not the personal recording somebody would do that somehow that's separated out. Is that that accurate? That's correct. Yeah. So the, the way we look at it is your recording of our book is your property effectively. Uh, within the within the actual app architecture. So you can share your property with someone else. And then that someone else, by the way, can share it as well because it becomes their property. You've given it to them. And so by that same extension, then you can have one story that gets shared to 50 people, but it would have to be specifically shared by a person who has rights to it. It would not be available generally so that if you recorded a story and sent it to Mark, there's no way that I'm ever going to see that unless one of you then sent it to me. Okay, but if an author is submitting their book and says, hey, I want families to have access to that, that is open to anyone on the app. That's right. And so okay. how does the author then uh, 
market their bar? How do they benefit financially from a situation like that? Is that the, the licensing yeah. that comes in? And That's so they're correct. being paid for a broad uh, time frame license. Uh, I'll let you talk about it. How does that well, work? Maybe it would help to describe licensing yeah. itself. I mean, that can be, yeah. you know, we think we know, but it would be great to hear, you know, from your perspective, how, you know, just what does that mean to an author? Yeah. So typically when an author publishes a book, the author gets a per book payment, whether that's coming through the publisher, if they've self-published, there's still some per sale uh, financial benefit. And if you've been in that business, you know that there is a lot of effort and time spent tracking how many books did you sell. And so when I was talking at the very beginning of the show about telling stories, what I did was I went through and I said, who are all the people that would ever be involved in this? And tell the story of their experience so that it makes sense to them. And so when I got to author, the story that I told was, you don't want to be tracking how many books did I sell? And you don't want to be competing against the next author who's got another book on the platform because you really want to just be promoting the platform and everybody gets a benefit from it. So the way I structured that transaction is the author gets a fee right up front. You don't have to worry about how many books are sold or downloaded and stories are read. You're going to get paid right away. And then that's when the license kicks off and then we have it open. And so now you don't have the concern about I promoted book X over your book. And when am I going to promote your book so that you can get more downloads? No, you're happy to promote the app. Other authors are happy to promote the app because we are all benefiting at the same time. So that's the way I like to do it. You get a flat fee, you know what it is up front, you can bank on it, the money hits your account, and the book goes on the app and we are ready to go. Okay, I, I am, Mark is doing a happy dance right now. I can tell you that. That's, that's it's like a dream come true for a children's author. So you're saying that essentially an author could focus on writing and being an author instead of having to figure out the whole marketing thing. Imagine that. What? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay. Can we talk Man. numbers at all? Is that something you share? How does it, how does someone find out about uh, is it does it vary by the time frame? Does a license is a license a lifelong thing? Okay. Okay, Mark, you did say one question at a time. Um, Hey, I'm really good at that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you're testing my skills on the answering part. So um, <laughs> number one thing to remember about our platform, when a family gets a book recorded, that recording, again, is their property within the app architecture. So if your license is time limited, let's say one year, everyone that records your book in that one year keeps your book forever. We would not have new recordings after the expiration of that one year, but it's important to me because again, I'm telling the story now from the parent standpoint or the child standpoint. I don't want books that I've recorded and loved for the last year to just magically disappear. Right. So that's a main driver for me is to make sure that the story makes sense. So covering that piece, the actual process of being a, a licensed author on the platform 
It depends. So for example, if a book has some following and is established, we would certainly pay more for that book than we would pay for a book that was coming from a first time author and we were giving them a platform. Uh, similarly, if we are in charge of generating the illustrations, obviously we're gonna pay less to the author because of the expense of getting the illustrations prepared. Uh, some authors choose to have us uh, manage the illustrations, but they want to own the illustrations. So we actually allow the author to do that. You can pay for the illustrations and you own them, and then we pay you for the book as if it were illustrated from the beginning. So we really want to make that as easy as possible. So you're talking at the low, low end, uh, a license might be 100 bucks. And then at the high end, a license could be 500 bucks. Uh, if you're talking about significant content, uh, you know, we've done deals where we've talked about, for example, we do batch acquisitions. And so in that situation where you've got multiple uh, pieces, if you're a publisher or an author, we're prepared to then pay sometimes thousands of dollars to acquire an entire set of material that we can then have on the app. Wow. Oh, wow. So you have, you've just okay. created so Christmas for children's authors. That's what you did. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> That is really amazing. It is phenomenal. So I think you answered well, sort of one of my questions in that, but I do want to clarify. So you mentioned before that a children's author, you know, maybe they've got the manuscript, but they don't have the illustrations and you can do that for them. And then they have the opportunity now to own them. So really then they could take that and then publish it elsewhere also they wouldn't it wouldn't be an exclusive deal to your platform so you could you're, you sort of become a publishing partner in a sense as well for them is that correct absolutely that's right i mean we don't want to restrict the story to only being on our platform uh, that again telling the story from the author's perspective mm -hmm. they want their story to have a life and to basically have uh, people have access to it in a broad way so no, we do not. If you want to put it on another platform that is perhaps a physical copy being distributed, or if you want to sell that book on your own and do tours, the only thing we would ask is that they not put it on a competing platform. Uh, as of right now, with our patent pending process going, there is no such thing as a competing platform. I was going to say. <laughs> That's not a restriction of any consequence, uh, but just in case something ever uh, did appear, that, was, that would be the only uh, requirement in terms of exclusivity. It sounds like your background as an okay. attorney is serving oh, you man. well. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. I, I would think that would almost be a requirement, it sounds like now, because I mean, what I'm thinking, so the questions that come up maybe from established authors say, okay, or say someone has won a, you know, maybe a best indie book award, you know, for, for their, for their. Okay, Mark, you can just say it. You're talking about yourself. It's not okay, a friend. Okay. <laughs> well, if, if something is going to perhaps, <clears throat> all right. Is there like a varying scale that, how do, what, what, what am I trying to ask, Lori? You, you should, you should word, word, word it for me. <laughs> you're, you're trying to ask if he would accept uh, your I'll, work I'll and you put it on. <laughs> right. The only rule is never negotiate on a podcast. 
exactly man well this is so very awesome i'm just so stoked at the option of the, the the possibility that something like this even exists now i mean my goal is to get my this book in the hands of every child every family on the planet and i don't have a clue what that looks like and it almost feels like i can i can see a possibility here i mean this is just this is really really beautiful mike and i'm going to quit saying that now okay um so what is your vision for what's your what's your goal for this and where are you uh, what's next yeah so um i'm gonna i'm gonna tease you a little bit mark with one piece uh, that we haven't talked about which is part of my legal background is in immigration uh-huh and so I deal with a lot of families that are separated uh, because of immigration. But secondarily, I deal with a lot of families where the child is born in the U.S. And the question of whether or not they have that parent's native language access is tricky. So using my immigration background, I have a, access to a group of translators. So what we do is we translate books into multiple languages, five languages now. And so if you can imagine a book that you read as a child in English and in Spanish or what French or any other language we have on the platform, you're actually developing language and literacy skills in a bilingual way. And so grandma who speaks that language natively can read to you in the native language. Mom and dad can read to you in English and your development as a kid is tremendously improved. So I say that to then answer a, a question you're saying, where's my, where's my vision for this? I want to have a polylingual platform that allows people to share and build relationships and have those connections that are enduring, as you said, across space and across time. Whoa. I, I, yes. I keep saying wow a lot, but I, I just, I love that. So which... Which languages is it available in specifically? I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously English, but French, Spanish, and, and what else? So we've got French, Spanish, Russian, and Mandarin. And we actually currently have Hebrew and Arabic that are in the works. Uh, we're just polishing the translations for those. Uh, so we expect those to be out before the end of the year. Neat. So I might, my next question is then, okay, if a family, I mean, maybe they are all English speakers from here, but they want their child to have access to other languages that maybe the parents and nobody actually speaks. Is it possible at, at some point, maybe having those alternate languages in sort of a generic voice that a child could still be accessing, even if it's not a family member doing the reading? You are peering into the 2020 one, uh, choose your reader concept. So uh, what we hope to launch in 2021 is the ability to go to our website, pick a story, pick a language, and send it from our website to the person, and they will receive it in that language that you pick. Oh, man, I can see teachers across the nation using this in classrooms or at this stage, even on Zoom, for that matter. Uh, and so I are you working with organizations like teachers or even community, 
you know, organizations that work with kids or, you know, free schools, things like that, that would want to be using these? So we did do some work in terms of pilot testing with some classes, and that went well. The next step is we are having the books uh, essentially on a readability scale called Lexile rating. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, so we're having that done here toward the end of the year so that by the beginning of next year, we've got all the readability scores prepared for the books and we can make that available. And then we hope to absolutely roll it out to schools. Uh, one of the, again, when I tell the stories of use of the app, one of the stories I like is, you know, the target audience for the books, it would be three to seven years old. And if you can remember taking a child to their first day of kindergarten or pre-K, there's all this angst about this stranger that you're leaving the child behind with, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if teacher X recorded stories and then sent those to all the parents of the incoming students in the summer. And so over the course of the summer, the teacher's voice is already connecting with the child. The child shows up on day one of school. The teacher says, hi, I'm Mrs. Whatever, Mr. Whatever. And the kids say, you're the one. You're the one. You're the voice. You're the right. celebrity then. Yeah. It's, right? it's almost like you get to meet oh. you know, Mickey Mouse or something. Exactly. The star that you've been listening to. Oh, what a transformative relationship that would be for the entire learning experience after that. I, I, mean, I have goosebumps actually listening to you talk. Me too. I'm just, this is, these are, these are the ideas that I like, we don't even think to think to, to even dream of the possibilities of, I, I, okay. I'm, this may be a next, a next hour conversation, but who are you, Mike? Where, where did you come from? How did you, where, where's this level? How did you get downloaded with this idea? This is, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Okay. I, really, I mean, your value system, your, this is beautiful. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't know that I ever as a kid thought that I would be doing anything even remotely like this. I, I wasn't a, a creative writer, uh, although I did have some experience with creative writing. I just never thought of it as a thing that I might do. And I certainly never thought of myself getting into uh, technology and apps and things like that uh, it just the world opened up when those two things collided and and here i am mm. and well, you you responded to them though and you you've, so you you've had to have an educational uh like a, a, a belief in yourself that says i can respond to this environment is that something that you got from your parents or was there like a, a, a role model in your life or yeah you know what I'm saying? I, absolutely I would say you know as I mentioned my mother working and going to grad school and seeing that process and knowing that I remember the time when she said and I was uh, early teen years I've paid off my student loans from grad school Right. And so knowing that before I even touched the college as a, as a student, knowing that there was both a, a price to pay to get in, 
and then a, a process of getting out of that experience and not being downtrodden by it. Because I, I didn't grow up, like I said, with a lot of money. I knew a, a lot of my, my peers when I went to high school did not go to college. And I've heard so many people say, I can't go to college, it's too expensive. And, and I, you know, I, we haven't talked about it, but I went to a private prestigious undergrad and law school and cost me a lot of money. It, it all comes down to this notion of will and sacrifice. Because if you, if you only have one or the other, you're not really going very far. You've got to have this will for something downstream and then this understanding that there are sacrifices you're going to make along the way. And, and so the same is true for this app, right? I, I have made personal sacrifices and I, my, my developers are 12 hours or so off the, the time zone that I am. And so we have had 1 a.m. conference calls uh, where we've gone over content and, and how the app is going. Uh, we've had calls at 7 a.m. And so it just, it varies. And my, one of the, the people said to me, how are you always available whenever we need to schedule something? And my response is, it either matters enough to be available or why am I even doing it in the first place? There you go. That's it. Um, that's that, it. Commitment. that says so much about who you are, what you're doing, and how far you're going to go with this. I so honor and, and congratulate think, what you're doing. And I think it also says how far the universe is going to go to support someone who shows up like that. Because mm. I think that these ideas that we don't even know to ask yet are they're looking for someone who is saying that they're looking for the willing participant. And I, I think that this is, you're a perfect example, Mike, of so much of what I'm trying to remember <laughs> that, you know, it, it really does come down to our attitude and, and, and that we have to maintain that at all cost, especially in time, times like this. If we allow ourselves, I believe, to, to, to start getting drugged down by the media and, and, the, and the fear and the, all of that, it's removing us from that frequency of ideas that, that you're showing now are waiting for us and I just yes okay well, that's my soapbox thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we are actually running out of time on our show today but uh, I do want to make sure man. that listeners have a way to reach you and find your app so how can they do that and support you along the way mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely so uh, if you go to the app store and you just search uh, choose your reader uh, you'll see us there on Android or iOS. I think iOS, it's choose your reader as one word, whereas Android has it as choose your reader, three distinct words. Uh, that's number one. Number two, if you just go to chooseyourreader.com, uh, make sure that you look for the logo where you can click the link that downloads to your specific device, and you can download it there as well. And uh, also, if you have comments, we, we love to get reviews, comments. Uh, definitely want to hear from uh, the users out there that use it. And then, of course, if you're an author or publisher, feel free to reach out to us. You can submit content. 
we have a review committee that reviews that and makes sure that it meets our standards before publication. And we're happy to look at content. You know, if you've got a, I don't know, a podcast and a book that you'd like to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. We, we might know someone. <laughs> you, might have a, you might have to be in touch. <laughs> You're definitely going to be hearing from us, man. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for being oh, here. And we're going to have to have you back and follow up and see where this goes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Very much looking forward to it. I do want to just remind our listeners that Uncle Mark and I are on a mission to create a world that works for everyone and uplift voices that aren't typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, or an innovator who's challenging old paradigms and opening hearts and minds, we want to help you reach our worldwide audience. So visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. We've had so much fun today, and we hope you have too. To continue to create shows like this, we need your support. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's easy. Just visit our website at riseandshineas1.com and use the links on the Contact Us page to find, like, and follow us. While you're there, click on Fan Club to access premium content, music, videos, extended interviews, and more that we don't share anywhere else. All proceeds raised by your membership go directly to creating great content for you and your family. Until next week, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise, rise and shine. shine. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love, sound of the light. Sound of the joy, sound.